The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young. If you're looking for something more, something different, something better, this is your opportunity. Over the next hour, we'll talk about inspiration for personal and professional success. Now, here is your host, Dr. Barbara Young. Good afternoon, and welcome to the Transformation for Success show, and this is Dr. B, your radio talk show host. You know, for many years, my passion has been to empower people with simple success principles to transform their lives. So each day, I am driven to make a difference in the lives of others. And I know, like most people, you want success and you want it now. But transformational change takes work. And sometimes people want to bypass the work. But there are things that you must do to get results. And it is so empowering to learn from others who have achieved at the same level you desire, and you can learn transformational success more rapidly. So listeners, today you will enjoy hearing the experiences of my guest today, Ms. Lisa Cagnolotti, who will share with us today women's roles in leadership today. She's going to share from her heart her journey of challenges and how she achieved higher level opportunities and the key success principles that worked for her. We will discuss issues that women face today and are we making headway in the political corporate and nonprofit arena. So I want you to share with your sister friends, men, we're not leaving you out. You're welcome to tune in and stay tuned in. But listen, share with your sister friends if they miss the live show and alert them that they can download this show at a later time as each show is archived for our listeners viewing at their leisure. This show is designed to change lives and hearts, minds, wills, and emotions for more successful and transformed lives. So I know today you're going to be empowered and energized with the moving testimony, humor, and wit that my guest is going to share for a message of hope, change, and significant living, and more importantly, women in the power arena and how to smash that grass ceiling. So today, my discussion with Lisa is going to help many women be able to apply some of these life principles in your workplace and your personal lives for better results that lead to success. Now, reminding you, I am here every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, Pacific Standard Time, and 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So I invite you to tune in each week. And I want to thank you callers and listeners for sending your emails, uh, letting me know that you appreciate the show, and I'm just delighted to continue to serve as your host to transform lives each week. So callers, you're welcome to call in today with questions, and you can join in the conversation. The toll-free number is 888-346-9141. Or if you're calling internationally, the number is 001 
I'm also on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, and you can access me through these channels. I also want you to visit my website at www.information, it, no, it's www.info at transformationforsuccess.com. Believe me, I do know my own website. You'll find information about me, my life empowerment seminars, coaching sessions, webinars, networking events, and retreats, which I call advances, because we're moving forward, not backward. So these efforts are all designed to help you grow and move forward on your journey from where you are to where you want to be. Now, I have a very free, interesting gift for the first 50 people that sign up via my website, and you won't want to miss this free gift. So go to that website, www.info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, before I bring on my guest today, we're focusing on women and leadership and the impact, the impact of women leaders in a corporate setting. And Lisa's going to share what's contributed to her success journey as one of the vice presidents of the business customer division and customer service safety at one of the largest utility companies. So those of you in the listening audience who are seeking high-level career opportunities in the corporate world or in any particular venue, you won't want to miss this discussion. So again, call your friends, email them, text them to listen, or download this show. Okay, good afternoon, Lisa. Hi, Dr. Barbara. How are you today? I'm fantastic, and I'm so excited about this show today. I really am, and I want to welcome you to the Voice America Empowerment Show, because truly, this is the place to be on Tuesdays. (laughs) (laughs) But first, I want to, we're going to have quite a time today, and I'm just happy that you took the time from your busy schedule to be with us. And, but I want to share with the listeners your very impressive background. Ms. Lisa Cagnolotti is Vice President, as I said earlier, of the Business Customer Division and Safety uh, of Southern California Edison's SCE's Customer Service Operating Unit. Now, she oversees the company's relationships with its major industrial, commercial, and government customers, as well as the utility company's efforts to stimulate business development in the 15 countries that the company serves. So those of you out there who are probably familiar with Southern California Edison, you want to listen in. She's also responsible for managing occupational health, safety, and compliance programs for over 3,000 customer service employees. Now, that's a lot of employees. She's been in leadership roles for quite some time. In addition to her also, her professional responsibilities, she serves in a leadership capacity for numerous community organizations that are focused on improving educational opportunities for underserved youth. And also, I'm pleased to say, she works with women to enhance their lives of not only women, but young girls around the world. So I am so pleased today to have this high-energy African-American woman who is just dynamic and has a lot to say today. And again, good afternoon, Lisa, and welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me on today, Barbara. Well, it is my pleasure. Now, I, we got a lot to talk about. One of the things I want to uh, mention, uh, I didn't mention this, your degrees, and I should have, because really, this woman, I tell you, 
is phenomenal because she got a, her bachelor's degree in chemical engineering and then a master's degree from a, a very major institution in California, a very prominent one, in business administration. So I mentioned that because, Lisa, there aren't that many women who go to college as a freshman out of high school and major in chemical engineering. So what motivated you to, to go into this unique field of study? Well, when I was in high school, um, chemistry was my favorite subject, and I had always been good in math and science. Mm -hmm. And even today, unfortunately, as you know, um, that's um, a little all too rare for young girls. Yes, and so is. one of my math professors um, at in high school uh, recommended me for a program at UCLA that mm -hmm. introduces minorities to the field of engineering. Mm -hmm. And so I just combined that with my love for chemistry and chose chemical engineering as my major. Oh, boy, do we need to get you on the circuit. <laughs> and you probably are on the circuit. I mean, with these young women today, I mean, it's really, really something. But uh, that is admirable. And knowing that you had this um, the skill set in math that led you to chemical engineering. But what happened that you went into business from chemical engineering? Because I worked in engineering at UC Berkeley. So you went from engineering into business. Right. Yes. Uh, relate so that. <laughs> Sure. So for me, um, when I was uh, going through my undergraduate education at UCLA, they mm -hmm. offered internship opportunities. And so mm -hmm. one summer I worked at IBM in Burlington, mm -hmm. Vermont. And the second summer I worked at Procter & Gamble in Oxnard, which was a paper manufacturing plant. Mm -hmm. And both of those experiences were quite different. Um, the IBM uh, environment was much more technical. I mean, mm -hmm. people literally wore pocket protectors. You know how we sort mm -hmm. of tease about right, that, about right. scientists wearing pocket protectors, you know. Well, that mm -hmm. was the kind of environment that was. And then I went to Procter & Gamble, where we were making Charmin toilet paper and bounty paper towels, and that was just a much more dynamic, um, interactive kind of an environment where mm -hmm. people were working on the production lines. And so what I found was that I enjoyed working with people, and I sort of coupled that with my um, sort of predilection for leadership. I mean, I always took on leadership roles as I was growing up, you know, student council, et cetera. So I probably had what people would call innate leadership skills. Mm -hmm. um, and so then I chose, you know, Procter & Gamble as my uh, career path when I left as a team manager when I left school. Mm -hmm. And then what I quickly realized was that the chemical engineering curriculum is very restrictive. I mean, you are yes. chemistry, <laughs> math, mm -hmm. physics, mm -hmm. thermodynamics, nuclear engineering, very technical classes. And so you don't have a lot of electives to take in mm -hmm. your program. So I graduated without knowing things like finance and economics and mm -hmm. uh, business law and those kinds of things that I knew would help me in a business career. So mm -hmm. I went back and got my MBA. And I tell you, that was the best compliment to my technical education that I could have gotten. And that's interesting because, um, you know, my background as a university professor, um, and I was in the School of Business and uh, taught for many years, one of the things I found for people to advance from a technical field into business is quite a feat to make that, that transition, as you very well know. Um, but so great for you 
that you were able to make that transition and succeed and get the MBA. Um, cause I, and I marvel at that. And again, I, I really just admire all of your accomplishments. But in pursuing this, were there challenges that you faced in, sort of in making this choice of study? Are these choices of study? Absolutely, Barbara. And I'll tell you, um, I'm learning that even today, um, uh-huh. which is, you know, 30, 35 years later, it's still very difficult for women and minorities to choose these, um, what used to be called um, non-traditional fields. But right. when I was right. at uh, UCLA, I would say the hardest thing was that I was the only African-American in the program. And there just didn't feel like there was a community of support for me. Um, mm-hmm. It's funny, I like to tease today that there was one other woman in the <laughs> chemical engineering program with me, and she wouldn't talk to me. <laughs> so, so it was very lonely, you know. Um, yes. and, it, and I hear from students today mm-hmm. that it still is. Um, on a lot of campuses mm-hmm. where there are just a few minority students in these very technical fields, and it can sometimes feel um, lonely and isolating. And so I would have to say, honestly, that that was the hardest part of it. It wasn't the actual education. There wasn't anything that, you know, hard for me in terms of chemistry and math and physics, because um, that was what I loved, and it just seemed to be sort of my aptitude. So so I just think that, that um, you know, women get discouraged, you know, uh, from uh-huh. going uh-huh. into fields like this, because they just don't see a lot of people that look like them that are doing that kind of work. Right. Do you do you think uh, over the years though that there has been some trans some transition in terms of there are more women uh, going into fields like engineering and um, and business as well? I know uh, when I started doing a little bit of research, it was really interesting that do you know that women earn sixty percent of the undergraduate degrees and sixty percent of the master's degrees in the United States? Absolutely true. And 47% of all the law degrees and Mm -hmm. 48% of all the medical degrees. And, of course, in getting a master's in business, uh, your uh, business and management, it was 44% that got their master's. Mm -hmm. And and so I I looked at that 47% of the women are in the United States labor force and 59% in other college-educated entry-level workforce. But we constantly are still substantially behind men when it comes to our representation representation in leadership positions. So I want to sort of uh, sort of segue into that because your career change and path, which you just mentioned, you know, you had this innate ability for leadership. So how did you translate that and transform your life to where you began to enjoy? this leadership role? How, how did that happen for you? Um, you know, it, I think for me, it was just a matter of aspiration. Like I always mm-hmm. looked to take on challenges and to grow in, um, in my career. And so mm-hmm. I would take on opportunities that were presented to me as I was going through my career. And one of the pieces of advice that as I think back on it, Barbara, mm-hmm. how things happen in your life, like I didn't start off at work and say, oh, one day I want to be vice president of a major utility. I didn't have that kind of vision. But what right. I did was I would always look ahead at the next level and say, 
what do the people have at that next level? What education, what experience, mm-hmm. et cetera? And I started following people, you know, like almost like um, honing in on a person in their background and, and mm-hmm. considering them a mentor and then saying, okay, I want to develop myself into that role. And I encourage young women. I just gave a speech the other day for an organization, and I titled it, you know, Helping um, Empowering Women to Lead. Um mm-hmm. And we talked about the lean-in principles and all that. And, you know, we all have to be willing to take on that higher level of responsibility um, and look at it as a challenge and an opportunity. Because, Barbara, as you said, we women get the majority of undergraduate and graduate degrees from college, Mm -hmm. and then something happens between the classroom and the boardroom, right? Mm -hmm. Because by Mm -hmm. the time we get to upper levels of management, there are only a few, like I think there's 12 out of the 500 Fortune 500 companies, only 12 of them have female CEOs, for example. And and then, as we all know, there's a, a wage gap between men and women still oh, that definitely. exists today. Right. right. See, and so so I like to encourage groups of women to to lead, to be willing to step in and take on additional responsibility and challenges. Well, I, I, I'm one point too is that having a vision, and and that vision. I mean, maybe you know, I started out the same way, pretty much. Didn't really have a vision, but I was sure I was a secretary. But I was looking at the people who were coming to work at nine o'clock, and I was saying, I got to be here at eight. I want to, I want to be that person right. that comes. In. Honestly, exactly. that is the truth. I said, I want to be that person that comes in at nine. So I need to get on with it. So I need to finish my degree because I hadn't finished. I was, you know. But anyway, on with that is that looking ahead at the next level, find a mentor, which I did, Mm -hmm. and then look at the things that you need to do to step into that and then grow from that. Well, you know, one of the questions, too, is do we, since we lag so substantially behind men, do we still have to play by the men's rules? (laughs) Share with me Mm -hmm. about that, by the men's rules. That's an interesting question because... Early on in my career, I decided Can you hold that, that second? Hold that thought. We will be sure. right back. We've got to take a quick break. Stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back with my guest, Miss Lisa Cagliotti. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. It's time to access your magic. Tune in each week to Living in the Magic of Possibilities with your host, Glenice Hughes. Our topics cover finances, personal health, business, relationships, mediumship, and so much more. If you want to access all that is possible in your life, listen to Glenice and her expert guests who've turned the impossible into the possible. Living in the Magic of Possibilities is heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. When you make decisions, do you ever find yourself in doubt? Are you trying to figure out what's right with you? Are you ready to truly change your life? 
Listen for the Access Consciousness Radio Show with the founders of Access Consciousness, Gary Douglas and Dr. Dane Here. Consciousness is all about including everything and judging nothing. Our program will help you break free from your personal limitations and enhance positive change in all areas of your life. Tune in to Access Consciousness, Thursdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Is there a real magic formula for success, or is it something more? Does the divine nature within, when activated, become a powerful unified force that catapults an individual to greatness? Join visionary host Sharon Rose Washington, author, empowerment life coach, and energy healer, to explore the answer to the big question of why we are here. She'll have amazing luminary guests ranging from business thought leaders to top celebrities. Tune in every Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Looking for exciting video content live and on demand? Visit www.voiceamerica.tv for exclusive content you just can't find anywhere else. That's voiceamerica.tv. Tune in now. This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. Hello there, and welcome back to Transformation for Success the Empowerment Channel, and the place to be on Tuesdays. I am interviewing and having a great discussion with my guest, Miss Lisa Caglianti, who's a senior level vice president in a large corporate organization. And we're talking about women's roles and leadership today. So we were just getting started with the question, do women have to strive to pay by the men's rules? So, Lisa... Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And the answer to that is no. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. And I know that goes against the, you know, common wisdom, Mm -hmm. right? But I decided long ago in my career that I didn't want to be one of the boys. And look, I was never going to be one of the boys, no matter how hard I tried, right? Mm -hmm. I am a woman. I'm proud to be a woman. I'm an African-American woman. And there's a lot that's unique about me. In fact, I uh, (laughs) was just working with a consultant the other day, and he called me a unicorn and that we were so teasing about it because <laughs> to find an African-American woman who's a mother and a wife uh, with a chemical engineering degree who is a uh, vice president of a fortune 500 utility company I am a unicorn <laughs> so it's very funny just that rare but, but okay when you talk about that's rare to, absolutely right that's very rare when you talk about being one of the boys, though, it, it, we are really talking about uh, leadership styles and behavior styles. Yes, yes um, we are. Trying to use what are traditionally male um, leadership styles. And what we have learned in recent decades, actually, is that women bring unique and very valuable skills to the workplace. We typically are better communicators. Um, On average, we have a higher emotional intelligence. And just being able to sense emotions in the moment at work and being able to de-escalate communications when things are becoming dysfunctional, you know, and you can get things back on track is a skill that women have typically a little better than men. And then finally, we tend to take initiative 
more often. If you think about it, when you're in a meeting and someone has to do something, they ask them who can do something, women typically raise their hands. They come up with ideas and they do, they, they jump in. And those are the kinds of skills that I think are unique and valuable that women have. So in a lot of ways, I feel like the men should be trying to be more like us. That could be. Um, but I have to I have to interject this, though, Lisa. I am finding in my experiences with consulting with a number of organizations and particularly those that are headed by women, they are having some troubles. And when we talk about um, trying to play by the men's rules, we find that a lot of these women are. They're very autocratic. They're mm-hmm. not empowering their employees, men and women. A lot of these are, are you know, uh, have men and women employees. And so, and I'm called in to, to try to get to the root of it. And what I'm finding is one necessary thing that I'm seeing with all of these women that I have really, you know, I found this little case study, is you have to know who you are and be comfortable with who you are, That's right. first of all, except self. that you're okay, mm-hmm. not that you don't have to prove anything and that you don't lead by force and coercion and power, yeah. using the power trip. I am the boss, so you do what I say. So that's why I'm saying the communication and demonstrating mm-hmm. your unique abilities if you don't know what they are. And That's communication right. is so effective. I, I, I can't believe you. I can so tell you important. some scenarios that I was just horrified at. And I'm sure mm-hmm. you've seen that. So how do oh, we absolutely. address that? And these are women who are, you know, maybe are not quite so young, but they're still going to be in the workforce for maybe 20, 15, 20 more years. Mm-hmm. And have so a how lot of we... years uh, to torture people, right, at work. Right. So, yeah, no, you're absolutely right, Barbara. And see, what you're describing is your personal experience with women that you are coaching and trying to help them become better leaders. When I give presentations to large audiences and I'm talking about women in leadership, mm-hmm. I will very, to address that concern that people have about you know, women as bosses. I'll ask the crowd, I'll say, so how many people, raise your hand if you've ever had a terrible female boss. And, you know, some people raise their hands and they'll laugh. And I'll ask them, now tell me, how many of you have had a terrible male boss? And just as many hands go up. Mm-hmm. And so the, so the point I try to make is that there are really, really great leaders who are women, and some women leaders are not so great. And there are really, really great leaders who are men, and then some men are not such great leaders. So my point is that all leaders, male and female, have to learn specific leadership skills, which is frankly why I'm so glad you offer the service that you offer, Barbara. People have to be trained to learn how to be great leaders. Women don't just enter the workforce and just automatically know how to be a great leader. How do you motivate and encourage people to deliver excellent work without being autocratic, rude, disrespectful, etc., demoralizing? Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I could go on and on. I see it all. Trust me, having been in you know the corporate environment for 30-plus years, I've seen it all. And I know. So, um, so I think it's just super important that people get leadership training and coaching so that they can learn constructive ways to lead people. Uh, one of the things that I advocate is that women and men need to realize that you are president CEO of your own corporation. So the yes. first leading is leading yourself. That's right. You lead yourself first before you can lead anybody else. 
And so it's so important that I do a lot of work in her. Uh, And of course, I feel that that's needed to enhance many women today is to go that inward. And that's what this actually this show is about. It's about Mm -hmm. transformation. How did you make the change from where you were then to where you are now? So Lisa, specifically, what helped you to make that transition? Because you started out, you know, in a call center, for God's sakes, with all these people. And I mean, I mean, and so you quickly rose through the ranks and maybe not quickly as you thought, you know, because sometimes that's our perspective from the outside, but you work diligently and increasingly receive responsibility. What inspired and what helped you? Did you have a coach or a mentor? I had wonderful mentors, and I would mm-hmm. better I would rather describe them as role models than mentors. I think okay. um, having uh-huh. people who you can look up to and you like their style and you like the way they do things. And frankly, I have to say, I tell people this all the time: you learn almost as much from a bad boss as you do from a good boss because you learn yes. what. Well, not you learn to from do, both. Yes, right? yes, indeed. You learn you what, learn what not, not to do. do. <laughs> and so you're looking at these positive role models the way they talk to people, their body language, their confidence that they exude, the words that they use that inspire confidence in people when you're talking about business decisions, all of that you learn on the job, you know, and certainly you bring Mm -hmm. some of that, you know, which is just your natural personality and leadership skills and all those things, your education, your knowledge, but it really is about learning from others. And you have to listen. You have to listen to those around you. Um, Don't be the one who, you know, thinks out loud. You know, you really do have to listen to others, learn from them, emulate their their best attributes. Um, And then, you know, you just really have to believe in yourself. I think that's a huge, huge component of it, Um, Mm -hmm. believing Mm -hmm. in yourself, aiming high. um, and, And that's what worked for me. Do you think, uh, as, I, as I'm sort of uh, maybe digressing a bit on your background, do you think that the fact, Lisa, that probably uh, helped you in building your self-confidence was the fact that you majored in a field that was not traditional for women, chemical engineering, and you conquered that and you mastered that. You got a BA degree in it. And then you segued over or transitioned over into business and you succeeded that and got your master's. So you... you instilled something or something was instilled in you of success. I was successful in a field that most people don't go in. So you have a pragmatic side of you, but you also tapped into that sensitive side of you that helps you to be able to relate to people. Am I focusing in on possibly that happening? I learned a long time ago that Mm -hmm. the true source of self-esteem and confidence comes from achievements. It is actually achieving and completing something that makes you proud of yourself and makes you willing and able to take on to climb that next mountain, right? So it's very important. It has been in my life, and I encourage other people to finish what you start. If you you start working on your degree, as you said, Barbara, it was one of my greatest accomplishments as a young woman was to get that degree. Then I had the confidence to go get another degree. Um, And I think I told you a while back that I started uh, taking karate lessons with my children when we when they were young and mm-hmm. we didn't stop until we got our black belts you know another achievement you have to 
go all the way, don't let anything push you off your path, you know, all of those things you hear people say. But that's really important because every time you achieve something, every time you're successful at work, you complete a project, you get right. that attaboy, you reach your goals uh, at the end of the year, and you get your bonus and all of that, that helps build your self-esteem and your brand. Um, remember, you, you mentioned earlier about all of us are the CEOs of our own, you know, companies, right? We have to look mm-hmm. at our brand as mm-hmm. something that we're building every day, your reputation, right? All of your achievements become part of how people see you. And that helps them um, want to think of you for, for, for opportunities when they arise. That, that leads me to another question, too, um, of you. When you on on your career path and journey, did people spot you out and then ask you to apply for another position, or did you see something and you apply for it? It happened both ways. So okay. um, sometimes mm-hmm. I would be, um, as you said, noticed and, and um, asked to apply for a certain position. And then mm-hmm. other positions I saw that were available, and I... Um, applied for them and interviewed for them. And I have to tell you, you know, interestingly, when I applied for positions, you know, sometimes you get them and sometimes you don't. Yes. I learned as much from those experiences <laughs> about that you didn't myself, get. <laughs> about determ- absolutely about determination. Mm-hmm. Um, in one case, I, I like to, I tell this story I, when I was um, at the, uh, one of my pr- previous employers and I applied twice for a promotion and mm-hmm. didn't get the promotion. And so I asked, you know, want some feedback. Why am I not getting the promotion? What do I need to do? And I was given this really fluffy kind of BS feedback. And so (laughs) instead of tucking my tail and saying, oh, gee, well, maybe I'm never going to get promoted or maybe I'm not good enough or maybe I just went to another company. (laughs) <laughs> you know, and so, <laughs> okay. and, I, and I want, I want that story to inspire people to, when you hit a roadblock, find a way around it. Don't accept that. Don't sit there and, and believe what they're saying about you. Learn from it, right? And be, you know, self-aware Absolutely. and then it keep on improving and move on to the next opportunity. Now, uh, in everyone's career, you know, there are peaks and there are valleys, Mm-hmm. What do you think was your deepest valley, and how did you overcome that? And usually our valleys in this world of employment deals with other people who are really pushing you down and not allowing you to be. I call it, I, I would put it in that context. What Absolutely. was your deepest valley, and how did you overcome that? Oh, Barbara, you hit right on it. My deepest valleys at work were not not getting a position, you know, applying for a job and get it and, mm-hmm. and not getting mm-hmm. it. Those were not my lowest. The lowest that I experienced in my career was when I worked for bosses who did not support me. Mm-hmm. And I can point to specific periods in my career where I clearly felt that that lack of support and kind of um, just nastiness that I felt from them mm-hmm. really slowed down my development. Um, I always saw myself as being on a fast track and really energetic and always looking for the next opportunity and challenge. And then when you get into these positions where nothing you do is good enough, they mm-hmm. don't communicate well with you, um, they don't have your back. Oh, I mean, I just went through it all. I mean, one of these days I'm going to write a book so that, you know, my <laughs> you is to help oh. others. 
Yeah. Honestly. So, but that that is what created my lowest lowest points in my career. And I will t- and th- that was when I was at senior levels too, not when I was, you know, at the earliest parts of my career. I was fortunate mm-hmm. to have wonderful bosses at the earliest part of my career. So that's why I always coach leaders to be mindful of that, that you are the most important person to your employees at work. So whenever anybody goes home from work and they're talking to their families, nine and they talk about work, 9 times out of 10 they're talking about their boss. You are the single most important person to your employees at work. And when you have a bad boss, every all bets are off. Your your work life is miserable. I know. I went through seven years. I call mm-hmm. it my Egypt experience. But, That's right. but basically, what coping skills or what skills did you find that you could share with someone out there who might be going through a similar situation and you just can't quit and you can't just, you know, go find another job. In some cases, you're, you're there and uh, you might be mid-level management uh, or you might be entry-level. So what would you suggest that they do to cope with this situation? So I rem- so early on in my career, I, you know, thought about and learned skills mm-hmm. that I call resilience and coping skills, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and so much of that has to do with deliberately being able to go home at night and let go of whatever happened that day. And however you do that through music or watching your favorite TV shows or going for a walk, get some exercise, um, whatever you do to recharge your batteries so that when you come back into work the next day, you are you have a full complement of energy and positive thoughts and just keep doing you. You know what I tell them is that I will never let someone steal my joy. Mm-hmm. I own that. I own that. It is mine. And I bring it to work with me every day. And I don't care if my boss is a jerk or if I, you know, some of my coworkers, I can't get along. I do. And I, you know, and this is aspirational in my mind that keeps me really going is I say, mm-hmm. I do brilliant work, no matter mm-hmm. if I get along with you, no matter if I like you, no matter if you treat me not, you know, not the way... That's not going to change what I deliver because I know who I am and I know how good I am and how hard I work. And so that keeps me focused and it's constant. It's inside your head. It's the way you talk to yourself, the way you mm-hmm. purposefully, you know, whatever you do to let it go, you know, so that you don't let this stuff weigh you down and bother you so that you go back to work the next day ready to go with full energy and, you know, excitement. That's great. I call it rewriting the script. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because whatever script is handed you, you can rewrite that script. So we're going to okay. take a quick break. We're going to be right back and we're going to talk about how to develop and cope socially, professionally, and emotional skills. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. There are 13 unbreakable habits of truly enlightened people. These life-changing habits are discussed on Dream the Life, Live the Dream with Dr. Yomi Garnett. We'll offer an excursion in self-discovery along with wisdom that will allow you to stay on the correct path toward your destiny. 
you can find excellence in your life. Tune in every Thursday at 7 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time. That's 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for this exciting transformational journey. What makes you the best you can be? Is it money? Is it success? Maybe it's love, a good career, home, and family. Could it be a bit of all of these things? Be the best you can be with Dr. Linda Sanicola, along with her featured guests, will bring you the tools that could be the answer to the questions you've been asking. You'll get to the root of some of the problems that have been keeping you from being the best you can be and tackle them head on. Listen every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, Please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Transformation for Success with my guest, Ms. Lisa Caglilati. We are discussing women in the power arena, smashing the glass ceiling. And Lisa has just been sharing with us her success and her challenges, how to achieve higher level career opportunities, and how her life was transformed with some very key principles. I'm having a great time with this discussion today. And in this last segment, we we talked about resilience and coping skills and how to let go. And Lisa talked about music the TV, and take a walk to recharge yourself and not to let anyone steal your joy. So, and I said this, Lisa, and I had to, had to just interject this because it just resonated in my spirit. Rewrite the script. <laughs> mm-hmm, that's it. Rewrite so the every script. Every night you may have to go home and rewrite the script, ladies, but mm-hmm. I tell you, because it is, it is something to live in this world, but it's about staying focused and it's about being constantly reminded that you matter, you are important, and you are on the course for greatness. So my question to you, Lisa, in today's world, you know, we're, we're grappling with so many things. And as leaders and particular women, how do you grapple with social, professional, and the emotional skills to cope with change and mm-hmm. adversity? Sometimes hope it's not. change and adversity. Wow. Uh-huh. Um, you know, so much of that, I think, is about us taking charge and mm-hmm. deliberately making changes in our lives. So, you know, they say um, if, if you're not in leading the train, you're going to be run over by it, you know. So you <laughs> have to nice. be out in front so that you are thinking about proactively changing, taking on new challenges, doing something different. You know, the op- the opposite of that is staying in a rut, right? If you stay in a rut and stay in your comfort zone, 
to where you're not open to try new things, that every time a new process or or organizational change or a new boss or a new work group or whatever it is at, at work, things are always going to change. So what right. you have to do is, you know, again, the self-talk, be eager about change, be open to change, offer changes, you know, talk about, use the language of change in your vocabulary when you talk to your coworkers and your boss. Tell them you're excited about this new procedure or this new computer system that we're getting or because in the end, the change is inevitable. What's not inevitable is if you're going to be on the team when the change goes forward. If you mm-hmm. resist, if you grumble, if you fuss, if you complain. And, you know, I used to say, you know, sometimes I, when I want to complain, I go home and complain. I don't complain <laughs> at work, right? That's so my good. poor husband, That's he good. has to listen to all that sometimes. But, but you see the difference, right? You, at work, you are positive. You own it. You're helping. You're leading the change. You, if they ask, um, they want four or five people who are going to be on a task force to develop this new process, volunteer. If they need people to learn about the computer system first so that you can help train your coworkers, volunteer. That's how you condition your brain to be open and accepting to change. That's a change. I always say change the G in the word change to C. Take a chance. Ah, absolutely. Take a chance. That's now, uh, you have such, I mean, wisdom. Lisa, I'm telling you, you are, I, you're absolutely fascinating to interview, and I love it because you have a lot to offer um, as, it, as it relates to leadership. But now, not only that, but you're involved in the community and you're helping teen girls, you're helping uh, other organizations. So tell us how that has helped you and what's needed today to enhance the lives of these young girls and, and young women today. Absolutely, Barbara. I am passionate about trying to help young people and young women um, improve mm-hmm. their educational outcomes. I'm on uh, two boards, uh, the YWCA of Greater Los Angeles and mm-hmm. the International Black Women's Public Policy Institute. And both of those organizations are focused on improving the lives of women and girls. And I believe, you know, first of all, I think for community service, you have to do what you're passionate about. So you have to find your passion. For some Mm -hmm. people, it's animals. For some people, it's education. For some people, it's um, hunger and and homeless people. And whatever Mm -hmm. tugs at your heartstrings and and makes you want to make a difference there – because what's so important about that is if you if you find your passion and you go do work there, you bring more energy, you bring more ideas. It, it yes, doesn't yes. feel like work. You know, it just feels like it feeds your soul. And so what I believe is that all of us who have so much, you know, who have been so fortunate to have opportunities to develop and, and reach their potential, that we should give back. And I, and I know that's a cliche and we hear that a lot, but it really does mean that there's a better society and better outcomes for all of us when we work together and help each other. And so yes. I've been so gratified with the, um, the success and the progress that are, the organizations that I work with, I can see the results of their labor and, and my labor in helping them. So it really is very rewarding. 
I, I, you know what, and it gives me joy, and it sounds like, you know, the enthusiasm and the, and the joy uh, when you speak about that. But I love it when we find women who are involved, not only just, you know, in their own lives, but reaching out to help other young people. How can we get these messages across to the young people today? You know, I just talked with about 19 teenagers, and I said, you know, what is your norm? What is your norm? You have so much accessible to you with with all of the social media today. And as a matter of fact, I won't even allow any of the girls to bring their iPads or their cell phones to (laughs) the the meetings that we have. This is an academy that I started, a teen leadership academy. And so it's like when I listen to them in terms of where the messages that they receive, that they're given, the messages are not positive, Lisa. No, they're, they're not, not positive. Um, and, and they're stressed. Uh, I, we talked about that. So what do you think are, is a message that we could, you know, I'm almost thinking of a common message that we could just plaster across the board here for these young women. Well, I have to tell you, it, it, first of all, you're winning half of the battle just by getting them there. The fact that they show up to mm-hmm. something that's called a leadership academy and they are young teenage or young adult women, I tell you, it's very, very hard to get their attention to want to show up to these um, mentoring sessions like that. But mm-hmm. once you get them there, because frankly, you know how they say, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. So you could plaster messages out there, um, and it won't make a, it won't necessarily make a difference unless people are open and ready for the message. Now, so if you, so let's say social media, so you put positive messages out there, different types of blogs and websites for people to follow. And Mm -hmm. only those people whose souls are led to that information will find their way to you. And I could go on on that tangent for a while there, but I think you know what I mean. So you can Uh reach a lot of girls that way. But once you get them in there with you, the messages have to be about counteracting all of the negative images the um, media gives to young girls today. It's so destructive. So destructive. Yes, it is. Everything yes, it is. from body image to um, their relationships with, with men and boys, um, their educational aptitude, it, all of that. They get negative messages throughout their entire upbringing. And it, it's not just the media. It's also their families. Right, So many girls are given negative uh, messages inside their homes. And so you, you get these girls together, and you're talking to them about the possibilities of their lives. I remember like it was yesterday when people told me, Lisa, you can be a doctor. You don't have to be a nurse. Go train to be a doctor. Or mm-hmm. you should mm-hmm. be the boss. You don't have to be a secretary. You, sh- you can be the boss. Those kinds of messages from a woman that they admire and look up to, like yourself, can actually change the course of their life. Well, we're certainly trying to do that. And I, I really thank you for those comments and, and words that are inspiring, because I tell you, we really need to work on this one. I, I just have a I just have a passion for it, for working oh, with these young, young ladies. Yes. One, of, one of the things, um, as we sort of close up today, we've heard such interesting and comments 
you know, success tidbits from you. And I want to see if we can kind of pull it all together um, when we're talking about leadership for women and young women as we're raising them up to take their prospective roles. Some success tidbits from you, about three or four, for women in the power arena, like yourself. Would you give us some few tidbits <laughs> as we wrap up the show today because you've said some great things if we were taking charge making changes learning how to cope with an environment only only knowing that you need to find your passion i heard you say all this i'm just sort of you know mm-hmm. resonating for all the things that you said but really looking ahead at the next level and finding a mentor so those are some of the things that you said so miss lisa I put it in your hands right now to give us some more of your success tidbits. Okay, absolutely. So first you have to believe in yourself and aim high. And I, and I mentioned that earlier. Um, mm-hmm. You have to finish what you start. And then mm-hmm. the one third piece of advice I like to give, especially to young women, is to purposefully avoid drama in your life, right? Stay away from things that are not good for you that are destructive and not constructive. And then be deliberate and strategic in everything you do. And what I mean by that is deliberate means on purpose. So own your actions and do Mm -hmm. things purposefully. Make decisions that move your life in a positive direction. And that goes from everything you wear to everything you eat to everything you say should be a deliberate, chosen purpose Mm -hmm. for you. And then strategic. And strategic means everything you do has to be for a reason and with the end goal in mind. So think about your actions and what those actions are leading you to. And the more you do that Mm -hmm. deliberately and consciously, it leads you to positive success and positive outcomes in your life. Oh, gosh, thank you so much. I want to thank God and blessings to you, Lisa, as you continue your career journey. As I close today, I want to thank you so much for taking time to be on the show. And I'm going to be anxious to have you back for part two. <laughs> That's well, for sure. Well, I would sure. just love to. Thank you so, so much we, for having me, Barbara. I always enjoy talking with you. Thank you. So today, listeners, we've heard from a wonderful and inspiring young woman, Miss Lisa Cagliati, and I trust you'll take note of her success tidbits in leadership for women in the power arena. And I leave you with this. Take control of your life. Discover and focus on your core genius. If your actions inspire others to dream more, learn more, do more, and become more, you are a leader. And remember, the quality of a leader is reflected in the standards they set for themselves. Become that happy person that I know you were meant to be, and have a very blessed week. Join me next week as I will bring to you another exciting and interesting guest. Be joyful, be positive, be encouraged, be the leader you were meant to be. Tune in next week with Dr. B. Be blessed. We appreciate you joining us for Transformation for Success, Please join your host, Dr. Barbara Young, again next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have an outstanding week.